Today in Security from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Today in Security from Wired. A mysterious satellite hack has victims far beyond Ukraine. The biggest hack since Russia's war began knocked thousands of people offline. The spillover extends deep into Europe. By Matt Burgess. More than 22,000 miles above Earth, the KASAT is locked in orbit. Traveling at 7,000 miles per hour, in sync with the planet's rotation, the satellite beams high-speed internet down to people across Europe. Since 2011, it has helped homeowners, businesses, and militaries get online. However, as Russian troops moved into Ukraine during the early hours of February 24th, satellite internet connections were disrupted. A mysterious cyber attack against the satellite's ground infrastructure, not the satellite itself, plunged tens of thousands of people into internet darkness. Among them were parts of Ukraine's defenses. It was a really huge loss in communications in the very beginning of war. Viktor Zora, a senior official at Ukraine's cybersecurity agency, the State Services for Special Communication and Information Protection, or SSSCIP, reportedly said two weeks later. He did not provide any more details, and SSSCIP did not respond to Wired's request for comment. But the attack against the satellite internet system owned by U.S. company Viasat since last year had even wider ramifications. People using satellite internet connections were knocked offline all across Europe from Poland to France. Almost a month after the attack, the disruptions continue. Thousands still remain offline in Europe. Around 2,000 wind turbines are still disconnected in Germany. And companies are racing to replace broken modems or fixed connections with updates. Multiple intelligence agencies, including those in the U.S. and Europe, are also investigating the attack. The Viasat hack is arguably the largest publicly known cyber attack to take place since Russia invaded Ukraine, and it stands out for its impact beyond Ukraine's borders. But questions about the details of the attack, its purpose, and who carried it out remain, although experts have their suspicions. Satellite internet connections are often used in areas with low cable coverage, and they are used by everyday citizens as well as official organizations. The setup is different from your typical home or office Wi-Fi network, which mostly rely on wired broadband connections. Satellite communications are composed of three main components, says Letitia Cesari-Zarkin, a consultant at the United Nations Institute for Disarmament Research and a doctoral student at the University of Luxembourg. First, there is the spacecraft that's in orbit, which is used to send spot beams back to Earth. These beams provide internet coverage to specific areas on the ground. 
These beams are then picked up by satellite dishes on the ground. They can be attached to the sides of buildings or on planes to power in-flight Wi-Fi. And finally, there are ground networks which communicate with and can configure people's systems. The ground network is a collection of Earth stations connected to the Internet by fiber-optic cables, Zarkin says. Aside from Zora's comment, the Ukrainian government has remained tight-lipped about the attack. However, satellite communications, also known as SATCOM, appear to be frequently used in the country. Ukraine has the world's most transparent system for tracking government spending, and multiple government contracts show that the SSS, CIP, and police have purchased the technology. For instance, during Ukraine's 2012 election, more than 12,000 satellite internet connection points were used to monitor voting, official documents spotted by European cybersecurity firm Sequoia I.O. show. To disrupt satellite communications, most people, myself included, would look at the signal in space because it's exposed, says Peter Lemmy, an aviation specialist who also writes about satellite communications. You can transmit signals toward the satellite that would effectively jam its ability to receive signals from legitimate modems. Elon Musk has claimed that Starlink satellite systems he sent to Ukraine have faced jamming attacks. However, the attack against Viasat may not have involved jamming. The attack against the network was a deliberate, isolated, and external cyber event, according to Viasat spokesperson Chris Phillips. The attack also impacted fixed broadband customers and didn't cause disruption to airlines or Viasat's U.S. government clients, the company says, and no customer data was impacted. However, people's modems have not been able to connect to the network, and they have been rendered unusable. On Tuesday, Viasat chair Mark Denkberg told a satellite conference that the company purchased the KASAT in Europe last year, and its customer base is still being operated by a third party as part of the transition. We believe for this particular event it was preventable, but we didn't have the capability in that case, Denkberg said, confirming that thousands of modems were taken offline. In most of the cases of the modems that went offline, they need to be replaced. They can be refurbished, so we're recycling modems, Denkberg said. There is no evidence to date of any impairment to the KASAT satellite, core network infrastructure, or gateways due to this incident, Phillips says in a statement. Instead, Viasat says the cyber attack was the result of a misconfiguration in a management section of its network, as first reported by Reuters. The company declined to provide any more details on the technical nature of the incident, citing ongoing investigations. Viasat says it's now focusing on recovering from the partial outage. No government has officially attributed the attack to Russia, despite speculation it may have caused the attack to disrupt communications in Ukraine. Denkberg told CNBC on Monday that he couldn't confirm whether Russia was behind the attack, and that governments would be the source of such attribution. It's rare for governments to quickly attribute cyber attacks to a country or actor, as investigations are complex and take time to complete. However, Western officials say the attack would be in keeping with Russia's playbook, Were it to be attributed ultimately to Russia, it would very much fit within what we would expect them to do, which is to use their cyber capabilities to ultimately support their military campaign. Western officials told reporters during an on-background briefing last week, the U.S. National Security Agency, or NSA, and ANSI, France's cybersecurity agency, are investigating the hack. The U.S. Federal Bureau of Investigation has issued an advisory with the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, that warns of SATCOM hacks. CISA remains concerned about the threat to U.S. and allies' satellite communications networks. Eric Goldstein, CISA's Executive Assistant Director for Cybersecurity, said in a statement, Hacking threats to SATCOM aren't new. 
In 2014, security researcher Ruben Santamarta published research showing the many ways satellite communications could potentially be hacked. In 2018, Santa Marta's follow-up research demonstrated how this could be done, including a focus on satellite systems in military situations. Santa Marta says it's possible the attackers in the Viasat case, although their identity and motive is unknown, may have been able to deploy a malicious firmware update that sabotaged customer modems. We have the option that the intended goal of the attackers was to actually break the terminals in order to disable the communications, Santa Marta says. Or maybe they were expecting to deploy a specific payload to maybe eavesdrop on communications, and something went wrong and the terminals were bricked. At this point, we don't know what really happened. While many of the details of the Viasat hackers still unraveling, independent security researchers are examining the code on bricked modems. Its impacts have been widely felt. The cyber attack appears to be a prominent example of spillover, where an attack spreads, either intentionally or accidentally, beyond its original target. In the months leading up to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, cybersecurity experts and governments warned that spillover damage is a huge international threat. In June 2017, for example, Russia's not pet your worm spread beyond its original targets in Ukraine and caused more than $10 billion of damage around the world. It looks like the clearest example of spillover, whether it was or was not the most disruptive activity that was undertaken at the time, Western officials say of the Viasat incident. The fallout seems to have spread far and wide. Satellite internet providers in Germany, the UK, France, the Czech Republic, and more saw their services impacted by the outage. Users on a satellite internet forum reported problems as far away as Morocco. It's hard to go for a week without the internet, but if there is no other alternative access, you just have to wait, one user in Poland complained. The EU Agency for Cybersecurity, which is also investigating the incident, says it's aware of 27,000 users impacted by the outage, a figure first reported by Wired Italy. In one of the first signs the attack was taking place, more than 5,800 wind turbines belonging to the German energy company Enercon were knocked offline. The disruption did not stop the turbines from spinning, but it means they can't be reset remotely if there is a fault, says Enercon spokesperson Felix Reywald. So far, Enercon has managed to get 40% of the affected turbines back online, and its teams are replacing their satellite modems. We do not believe that it was aiming at us or our customers. It seems that we are sort of collateral damage, Reywald says. The recovery from the incident is likely to take more time. Viasat says it's getting hundreds of customers online every day providing people with new modems or issuing software updates that can fix their systems remotely. Jaroslav Strzecki, the CEO of Czech internet provider INTV, says the company has been contacting all of its SATCOM customers to see if they need new modems, and it will likely need to replace the majority of those that were affected. Strzecki says the work may be completed by the end of March. The question is if there are enough new modems to provide or to support everyone, he adds. So far, satellites have played an important role during the war in Ukraine. They've been used to capture intelligence on Russian troop movements and provided an essential way for people to communicate, but there may be legal issues that unfold around the hack. Almudena Ascarate Ortega, an associate researcher at the UN Institute for Disarmament Research, points out that as satellite systems are used for both civilian and military purposes by multiple countries, they can sit in a complex area when it comes to international law. If you target a satellite that is providing certain services to a specific country involved in a conflict, you might also be depriving a neutral country of the services that same satellite provides, therefore breaching that rule of neutrality, Ortega says. 
The reverberating effects of attacking these infrastructures can have effects that would be very deeply felt by civilians. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more security news at wired.com security. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.